When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, what's in my mouth right now? TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. And one more hour for us at the Minnesota State Fair. And if you're swinging down here tonight for uh, ZZ Top, or if you're just coming down here to pound footlong hot dogs and corn dogs, our merch booth is open until about 8 or 8.30 tonight or so. And if you show us your Score North mobile app, you'll get a $5 t-shirt, and Judd will down a pack of Thousand Island dressing for you, just like he did in that last segment. I can only do so many, though. That was simultaneously <laughs> revolting and impressive. Well, thank you. No problem. Tom Pelissero at NFL Network, who has uh, traveled with Judd Zolgad in the past, has worked closely with Judd Zolgad in the past. He's been a friend of ours for a number of years. And every, by the way, every Monday throughout the season and into the playoffs, Tom is going to join us at 5 o'clock for Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights. But what is the most crude and disgusting thing you've seen Judd Zolgad do uh, on a road trip, Tom Pelissero? I mean, it's a decently long list. I can remember. Uh, I can remember one night before the. Uh, I want to say it was before the 2010 opener uh, in New Orleans with the Vikings, and uh, we we had some some fun on Bourbon Street. No details. I think I think for a family friendly program, we'll keep it out of there. But uh, that was that's a good how time. collected all the beads. Okay, that's right. <laughs> Darn straight. Had to get them somehow. That was a fun time. Yeah, there were a lot of good times. In fact, Tommy, do you recall the game we were covering, the uh, Packers-Vikings? I think it was a playoff game, and and we stayed in Appleton. And and we shared a big room, and you took the couch, and I took the bed. And I remember I had a really weird dream, and I woke up, and I'm not joking. I'm in my boxers and and a T-shirt, and I walked out of our hotel room into the hallway, and the door shut, and it, it woke me up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, the door just shut. So I'm like, I can either knock on the door and freak Pelissero out really, really bad, or I can go down to the main desk and try and explain it. So I chose that one. Oh, no. So here I am. I go to the receptionist. I'm in my boxer shorts and a shirt, and I'm like, you got to believe me. I was sleepwalking, and I locked myself out. And they gave me a key to our room. I just need my friend Tom to open the door. (laughs) Correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say what you initially did was you, like, hid in the stairwell trying to use, like, the emergency phone, but nobody was answering at the front desk. That's entirely possible. I don't recall that. It's entirely Entirely possible. But you've got kids now, and we're much older, and we're mature, and none of that happens anymore. 
Amazing. Yeah, I'm standing here watching two of them on the playground right now. The final quiet uh, Monday I'll have for about the next six months here. So what did, what did you make? Uh, the Vikings had a really interesting uh, weekend of cuts and finding a new punter. And today the news comes down that they swap out. Yesterday they swap out Laquan Treadwell, one 2016 first-round uh, underachieving wide receiver, for another one in Josh Doxson. What, uh, what do people in league circles say about Josh Doxson and his ability to be a contributor here going into year four? Well, the entire league voiced their opinions on both Josh Jackson and Laquan Treadwell yesterday when two guys who were first-round draft picks a little over three years ago both went unclaimed on waivers. And there's reasons for that because the money that you're due is a first-round pick because of any remaining guarantees and stuff like that. But you know, with Doxson, he had injuries early in his career. That definitely set him back. Uh, he had some productive moments. He was one of those guys he always thought, okay, this is the moment where he's going to turn the corner. Uh, I, I have not gotten the full details on Doxon's deal. I do know it's one year, and knowing the Vikings' cap situation, you can bet that there is not a lot of money here. This is a, a bit of a flyer. And, and frankly, when you are uh, a first-round bust type of a player, you, you just need to – your second team better be someplace you think that you can potentially – Go and have some success. You play on a team that's got Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs drawing a lot of the coverage. If you can get on the field, and that may take a little bit here, I wouldn't expect to see Doxon come out and play 50 snaps in week one. Uh, you would think he's going to see more favorable matchups than he has in quite a while. Tom, is it more palatable, easy for, easier for a NFL head coach or a position coach to swallow to take on somebody else's bust as a project as opposed to banging your head against a wall with your own bust for the third or fourth straight year? I would say that any time you've got a player who just is not broken free in a program, yeah, sometimes a fresh start can do a guy some good. Um, you know, with Treadwell, it was just, you know, it was never, I think that people thought that it was strictly about work ethic. I think it wasn't that. It was just the inconsistency in everything he did, the inconsistency of, you know, how he was in meetings, the inconsistency, obviously, of catching the football. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, back in the Mankato days, he'd be running stairs, you know, running up and down the stairs for an hour after practice to the point that somebody had to say to him, like, Dude, what are you doing? You don't need to do this. Like, you don't need to show us you're working hard. Just do the stuff you're supposed to do. I mean, there was there was one story that I think it was his rookie year, and Treadwell would, before every practice, pick up a hundred marbles with his toes and drop them into a cup. No one could really explain why he was doing that. It was just something that he was doing to like get his his body loose. And you know, there were just there were all these different sorts of things that went into that. Now with Doxon, they'll find out what his eccentricities are, and they'll hope that they can ramp him up and get some productivity on the field. Hold on a second. Go back. Did you just say Treadwell? I have I have not heard this before. Would pick up marbles with his toes and put them into a cup. That was the story I heard. It was like 100 marbles, and so before every practice, he would pick them up with his toes as like a way of getting his feet loose. Um, you know, he, I remember that, that same training camp. He'd be out there for a long time after practice catching balls off the jugs machine. He was the last guy out, you know. Yep. So there were, there were times you saw that side of him, and there were other times where, you know, he wasn't the most attentive guy in meetings. And so it's just one of the situations where, you know, and he hasn't signed anywhere yet. I'm sure he'll pop up at some point here because the guy still does have talent. If you ever talk to him, he's a, he's a good guy. It's just, you know, he needs to go someplace else. Hey, Tom, give me your opinion on what the Dolphins are doing now. And am I correct in saying that this is as close to the season that we've seen a team actively work on tanking? Cleveland, I know, did this a few years back, but I don't remember getting to the 53 and having them make a series of moves where it's just obvious what the intention is. I think that we've never seen anybody do anything like the Texans and Dolphins do. And the fact that they were both involved in one of the big trades of uh, cut-down weekend 
uh, you know, sort of showed that. I mean, the, the Dolphins unloading people, as you said, is shipping off your franchise left tackle as well as uh, one of your top receivers in Kenny Stills, arguably, if you read the South Florida media, they're two best players on offense. Then you ship off a Kiko Alonso, who granted was due like $6 million. doesn't make a lot of sense to pay a linebacker that type of money on that team. But he was a, the defensive signal caller the past three years. He rarely missed a game. You ship him off for a much cheaper player in Vince Beagle, and you pay a million dollars of uh, of Alonzo's adjusted salary in order to make the numbers work. Um, and that may they may not be done. I mean, they claimed five guys off waivers yesterday. Uh, they, they continue to make moves there. And then you take the Texans. I mean, I, I don't ever remember a time where a team acquired five. Five guys who are going to be, if not starters, certainly key contributors on offense or defense, talking about the two guys that they got from the Seahawks, uh, the linebacker Jake Martin and Barkevius Mingo. They traded for Carlos Hyde that day, and then they make the big deal for Tunsil and Stills. I mean, this is this is not Madden. You can't just do that, generally speaking, the week before the opener. You know, it, it takes a while for guys to learn schemes and to play fast and all those things, but they're making a big bet here. You certainly understand because Matt Khalil was the option to left tackle. He'd been missing some time uh, because of his knee again. Uh, they, they felt like they needed to protect the quarterback, but all of a sudden it's okay. We're going to plug in. They also traded for Duke Johnson, so two new running backs, new receiver, two new guys on defense take the Debbie and Clowney off the field. It'll be fascinating to see how this all works out because, as I said on TV the other day, everybody was wondering what type of GM Bill O'Brien would be when he got Brian Gain fired down in Houston. Well, he's an NBA GM. These are NBA type of moves, paying part of a guy's salary to make him go away. And uh, I'll just be really watching this to see exactly how all those pieces are managed to fit together. How much of this do you think is sort of selfishly motivated that this is a guy who kind of has his own fate in his hands right now. Like you said, he is pretty much the acting GM and a bad season for the Texans and whoever becomes the permanent GM may be looking for a new head coach. Do you think this is self-preservation on the part of Bill O'Brien? Well, let's ask this question first. If you are a prospective GM, you're Nick Casario in New England who would have been the guy if the Patriots hadn't blocked him. You're now going, okay, so I'm going to take the job and I have no first-round pick the next two years, no second-round pick next year. Uh, and we're going to have to pay the left tackle $17 million, so our cap is going to be stretched, too. I'm going to walk into that job. You know, it's like the opposite of when John Dorsey took the Cleveland job a couple of years ago and had so many draft picks and so much cap space, so much capital with which uh, to maneuver. Uh, that's a, that's going to be a tough job. You know, It's really Bill O'Brien and Jack Easterby, uh, who was the team chaplain and then became a player development guy in New England. Those two are, are running things in the front office along with some of their scouts. It's a... It's a unique setup, and I think that you see evidence of what people always say. Coaches want the players that they trust now. Scouts are always thinking about the long-term, the picks, the young guys, the projections. Bill O'Brien goes out and trades for five, count them, five veteran starters on cut-down weekend. That's kind of what you'd expect from a coach, and they're going to be thin on uh, high draft picks the next couple of years as a result. Tom Pelissero from NFL Network. Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights every Monday at 5 o'clock here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. How many teams right now, give or take, I'm sure there's some shades of gray here, but how many teams don't feel comfortable with their current quarterback situation in the NFL, Tom? That's, that's a good question. I mean, in Washington... 
You know, Case Keenum is going to be the starter in the short term. You would think that that is a short-term thing. I was there in minicamp, but it was very obvious the difference between Dwayne Haskins and Case Keenum right now. You know, you're a young quarterback. It just takes uh, it takes time to get used to the speed of how fast everything is happening, how fast you need to process making your reads. The ball's coming out late, um, and they can't you can't play a young quarterback until you get better at that. I, I would say the Washington has questions, but they certainly you know based on where they took Haskins, that I believe it was number 15 overall. Uh, the owner and Bruce Allen really liked the guy. Um, and he certainly would seem to be the future, but short term, you know, how comfortable are they? Um, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. In Miami, you know, you've got Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be the starter initially. You've got Josh Rosen behind him. That's one to watch in the long term, especially because standing here right now, I mean, it might be Danny Isadora playing in week one for all we know, or maybe Matt Khalil. Now he's gotten released. Maybe he can pop up wow. there again, cash wow. in one more time. You know, that's a quarterback situation to watch, and they've got all the capital going forward. They can feel comfortable because even if they don't end up with the number one pick, which seems likely on paper, they definitely have the capital to move up and get the number one pick and, and draft whatever quarterback or even quarterbacks uh, they might want next year. And then you've got a bunch of teams like the Tennessee Titans. Marcus Mariota has not yet been re-signed. How does that one play out? With the Vikings and Kirk Cousins, they've given them all the resources possible. And I know that's what you're driving at, even though you didn't say it here. They've given them all the resources in terms of the scheme and the coaches, the interior line, another tight end. I mean, this, this is built for him to have success right now. Everybody in the league is going to be watching that one because he's still got two years remaining on that three-year $84 million fully guaranteed deal. The message of the offseason has been, we need to do a better job helping Kirk. Well, when it comes down to it, they also need Kirk Cousins to play a little bit better, too. To back up quickly, how does a guy who, who was a team chaplain end up making personnel decisions? You. You, you, you just said that quickly, and I was, and we all looked at each other like, well, why? Because, I mean, there's been a lot of team chaplains, and God bless them, they do a great job. They ordinarily don't end up making personnel decisions. He is technically, I think he's the vice president of player development, something like that, or executive vice president. He's got a really high title. He makes a lot of money, uh, and he's somebody who Bill O'Brien knew. There was a bidding war. I'm not kidding. There was a bidding war for the chaplain, Jack Easterby. There were like five teams that all wanted him. Um, you know, and he was there to kind of evaluate the culture, every aspect of it, from the scouting operation to the coaching staff to, you know, just the building, the staff, whatever it might be. Well, it ended up that his evaluation said the GM needs to go. And so Brian Gay moves on. They do have some highly respected scouts. I mean, James, James Lipford, who's their college scouting director, uh, Matt Bazergan, uh, who's their pro scouting director, some of the other guys uh, that they've got there. I mean, they've got good scouts, but Easterby's kind of the right-hand man to the head coach, and it's ultimately Bill O'Brien making these decisions. So Jack Easterby's there to kind of figure out how all those decisions fit into the culture that they obviously want to build. That is really interesting. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Man. Tommy. Tom, great stuff. We'll catch up with you again next Monday. Thank you. Look forward to it, Bush. All right. Tom Pelissero from okay, NFL still Network. I still don't get it. The, the answer was thorough, and so I understand what he's saying. He explained it really well. So basically, a man of the cloth came in was so good at what he did that there was a bidding war among teams to get him. Yeah, five teams. And then he and then he rose from being the man of the cloth to being in charge of personnel decisions and said the GM should be fired. Yes. I mean, that's, I mean okay. that's, that's what okay. he just You see how this puzzle, you see how I'm struggling with the puzzle? <laughs> Sometimes I just defer to people who are smarter than me, and i got to assume that five people in five different organizations who wanted this guy as part of their organization 
have to know something that I don't and be much, much smarter than me when it comes to that because that seems like a weird, borderline crazy transition from Team Chaplin to head of player. What did he say he was? Basically head of player personnel. That's, cool. That's insane. He's one of the heads of player personnel. But again, he, there must be something to it. He must be good at what he does. You guys are confused by that. I'm still confused by the Marvel thing. Oh, that's like, just tread well. Oh, that's what? tread well. So, somebody, somebody tweeted us. And I don't get the logic. Solid point. It was uh, Chad said Treadwell might have been doing the stuff with the marbles to loosen, but also strengthen the muscles and tendons in his foot and ankle after his horrible ankle dislocation and breaking his leg that he was still recovering from. That sounds okay. odd. That sounds odd to us sitting here and just thinking that that's like a football drill for him. But that is, I've never had a foot or ankle injury, but that makes from, sense. from other injuries I've had, that's the type of stupid stuff that they have you do in rehab yeah. that you're really? like, why am I, I doing like this? And, just then, it. and then it actually worked. So. <laughs> yeah, it, did, it worked well for him, too. Really did. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, when we come back here, there's still a couple couple little pieces of meat on the bone from the Vikings 53-man roster weekend, including really with the kicker situation. Um, and also, I think we can put the Kyle Slaughter discussion to bed officially. Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the Minnesota State Fair. Welcome back to the Minnesota State Fair. Mackie and Jeb with Rami here in our final hour of 2019 fair action. You can stop by if you're in your car right now or you're uh, within listening distance, I guess, of our booth. You can stop by, show the Score North mobile app to our merch booth and get a $5 t-shirt. Uh, and if you want to purchase an All Arise shirt, all of the money that uh, goes to those All Arise shirts benefits his favorite charity. Louis Arise's favorite charity is the Ronald McDonald House. The Kyle Sloter debate, I think, ended this weekend when 32 NFL teams decided he's not rosterable. He winds up on one of the three worst teams in the NFL's practice squads, the Arizona Cardinals. No, Actually, Phil. we're just going to no. shut your mic back off there. Yep. No. So you're being ridiculous. I'll just shut it back off there. <laughs> the Kyle Sloter fan club is right here. And the rest of the, the entire NFL is wrong. That's what's happening here. The Kyle Sloter honks are absolutely 100% correct. He's Joe Montana 2.0. He's Joe Montana with better arm strength, basically. And Michael Vick mobility, too. Exactly. Yeah. But 32 teams and their entire scouting departments, yeah. just wrong. Okay, here's my general rule of thumb on things like this. <laughs> because I made the mistake of wading into Sloter Twitter over the weekend. Oh, again, no. where Kyle again, Sloter's dad. Why would you do that? I know. Why are you doing why this Why would yourself? you do that? couple claws in, anything can happen. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Never tweet while clawing. Yeah, but start a good de- At least get involved yeah. in a good debate. So, well, and, and the debate going forward will not be about the third-string quarterback. It'll be about the $30 million number one quarterback who has all the weapons he would need now. It's a Kirk Cousins conversation from this point forward. Of course. But... If your general counter-argument to anything in sports is to point out the one outlier and say, well, what about so-and-so? You're wrong. Yeah. You're wrong. Like, exactly. You remember that for a reason. There stands out for a reason. Yes. There are 25 quarterbacks, maybe like 27, in the world who matter. Anyone after those 27 oh, hold, holds a clipboard and is basically a glorified assistant coach. That's being kind. I think to put the number up to 27 is being very, very kind on your part. And I, what I'm doing is I'm including, like, the Kyler Murrays. I'm including the unproven guys with a bunch of upside who have been drafted. Like, I'm including Sam Darnold as a relevant quarterback who matters because he was a first-round pick, he went to a big-time college, and has the potential to be a franchise quarterback. 
if you played football at a non-power directional school and completed 62% of your passes and now have had the whole league pass on you for three straight seasons, and your counter-argument is, well, what about Kurt Warner? Kurt Warner was passed on by everybody. Yes, you're correct. Kurt Warner was passed on by everybody. Is that the hill you're going to die on? Kyle Sloter might be Kurt Warner. You shouldn't make decisions based on he might be this one outlier in 20 years who made it to two Super Bowls, uh, three Super Bowls, won two of them, right? And will be a Hall of Famer if he isn't. Is Kurt Warner a Hall? Of, he's a Hall of Famer yep. now, right? Yes. I mean, like, so, but yeah. that, like, that's the, that's the one example. What about Adam Thielen? Okay, but Kyle Slaughter actually did did the rest of the backup long shot quarterbacks this year a huge favor because he served as the cautionary tale. If, if you're going to be a backup quarterback or a third string QB, you go in, you do your best in games, you do your best in practices, but most importantly, you keep your mouth shut at every single turn. Let me give you, I've got a Kyle Slaughter quote from Saturday, Pioneer Press. Chris Thomason of the Pioneer Press called him up upon finding that he had been cut, okay? And remember, he's a third-string quarterback. So, like, no matter what we thought of him, he's just an, he, he was very fortunate in, in a league now that's basically downsizing to two QBs per team on a 53. The Vikings kept him around for two years yeah. as a third guy. So, like, this was a gift. The Vikings were giving you a gift. Can I just say how much I love that you bring in photocopped clippings of the newspaper in <laughs> yeah. 2019? How did you make that? That's amazing. I went to our copier right down the hallway from us, and <laughs> I took my pioneer press. I yes. didn't know people were still using Oh, copiers. we've got an old-school copier. It's a great yeah. copier. Another really? way to do that is just to take a picture of it with your phone, too, and you'd save the paper. But... Or I'm sure that article is available online. You know what, though? I like... I like it too. I, I guess like that. that I, paper. I appreciate and it. And it's has also, drawn a box it's around boxed. the paragraph. So, it's also yeah, boxed. That's good. That's good. I am not concerned about the future and paper. <laughs> so therefore, I'm wasting paper. Uh, Kyle Slaughter was, quote, be damned, uh, was quoted by Chris Thomason on Saturday saying, and, and I'm not joking, Like this is, this is serious. He really said this. I'm going to come out with some sort of reaction depending on what happens, he said in a phone interview after going through waivers. Whatever happens next, I'll put something out there. I'm not in the mood to comment on, and then in brackets, being waived Saturday. Yeah. But this is you. If you're Slaughter, like, know your place in life. What are you doing? What are you doing? Just keep your mouth shut. And, and I think, and Collar and I both agreed, his dad was fighting with people on Twitter enough where there's no question in our minds. And I told you this a couple weeks back. I think his dad almost certainly called the team once or twice himself to be like, what's going on with my kid? Like what? The, what are you doing here? You're a professional. You're a, you're an adult. You are you are actively trying to stay in a league where there's probably no chance yeah. that you're ever going to have an impact. But nonetheless, you can make a lot by just being in that league. So so above and beyond the the senseless fighting and debating about oh he might be good he might not, just know your place in life. Keep your mouth keep your mouth closed. Appreciate your job that you have as a third string quarterback. Yeah. When Mike Zimmer, when Mike Zimmer comes out and basically rips you, you say, "That's what Coach Zim thinks," and I love him. Yeah, nothing well, more. We also you know, let's. I know it's, it, and I've been guilty of this too. I remember, I remember when when Tyler Thigpen was in Vikings camp. I remember watching him in the joint practices and thinking, I, I drank the Kyle uh, the, the the Tyler Thigpen Kool Aid too, and thought, man. You don't want to lose this guy, this guy. But, but again, like snap out of it for a second. It's the hardest position to play at a high level in the world. Yeah. Unless it's usually, usually. I know there's going to be the Tom Brady examples where a stud fell to the fifth or the sixth round. Usually, 
franchise quarterbacks, and by the way, if we're not talking about a franchise quarterback, I'm not going to sweat. I'm not going to sweat it. Like, it doesn't matter. If Kirk Cousins goes down, unless you have 2017 Case Keenum in your lap, it doesn't matter. So that's, that's reason number one that I'm not sweating this. But with the Tyler Thigpens, the Taylor Heineke's, the McLeod Bethel Thompson's, we do this in Minnesota. We get latched on to no-name quarterbacks who flash during preseason, and we think, oh, man, like there might be a hidden gem here. And part of it's because, let's show some self-awareness, we have quarterback beer goggles on. I was just going to say, I don't think this is unique to Minnesota or Vikings fans. But it's, this, is, it's, this is every franchise that's quarterback starved. Yes, it's more unique to the Vikings than the Packers because I, you know what like – you, you were in – but in growing, Wisconsin for 12 years, you know what Aaron Rodgers I've seen like. both sides of this coin. Because growing up a Bears fan, <laughs> right. I very much had, and there are plenty of Bears fans who still have that mentality that you're talking about where they'll grab onto and hang on for dear life to any glimmer of hope whatsoever at the quarterback position. Like, I remember getting giddy about P.T. Willis and who? Shane Matthews. Yeah, Shane exactly. P.T. Willis? Oh, yeah. Who? Exactly. That's that's what you should say when yeah. I say P.T. Willis and Shane Matthews. But I was so quarterback starved growing up a Bears fan that I thought, this has got to be the guy. This is it, right? We can't we can't go quarterbackless our my whole life, can we? And uh, I mean, still, quarterbackless my whole life. Here's here's your checklist, okay? In fact, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make this very clear for for people. Here are the three boxes you need to check to decide: Do you matter as a quarterback? Do you matter as a quarterback? Okay, and then you tell me if Kyle Slaughter fits into into this bin. All right? Did you play college football at a Power Five school? Is one box. I'm saying you have to check at least one of these boxes. Okay? Uh-huh. Did you play Power Five football in college? Well, he played at like a directional school from Colorado. Was it Northern Colorado or something? No yeah. clue. And, yeah, he, and, he, and it was like like couldn't even hack it at Southern Mississippi. So he, I hate that I'm dumping on him, but like I feel like I, I feel like it has to be said. Uh, so no on Power Five. Okay. Well, well, what about what about Joe Flacco played at Delaware? Okay, let's go to the next checkbox. Were you drafted? If the answer is yes, if you if you didn't play Power Five but you were drafted. Okay, Just team at thought, any point. Yeah, team at thought high of you. Drafted. Were you drafted? Right. Okay, and if you don't check either of those boxes, the only other box you can check is: is your name Kurt Warner or Tony Romo? Period. That's it. If you don't check one of those boxes, there maybe there's another outlier that we can add to the Kurt Warner, Tony Romo bin. If you don't check one of those boxes, you don't but matter as a quarterback. You sorry to say it. You are, are getting worked up, though, about something that the fans were just wrong about and the team actually did fine with. Let's do the one I'm thing. Not, I'm defending the team. Like, right, just right. to be clear, so, I'm, de- I'm right, defending right. the team. So, so, let's, so let's get to the one thing that the team didn't handle, right? Because this is my favorite. <laughs> Wait, can I, can I give you one more thing on the quarterbacks? And then like, let's give you the whole floor here. I don't need the, the whole, whole floor. floor. No, because I want to hear this. I, know this. I think this happened on Purple Daily a little bit earlier. But Law and order. one last thing on the quarterbacks. You and I, we're going to release, and we'll, we'll announce, uh, well, actually, we can, we, can, we can float this now. We have a multi-part series, a 10-year look back at the 2009 Minnesota Vikings that we're going to release on our Minnesota Sports Rewind podcast. Ooh. Judd, me, Sage Rosenfels, Ryan Longwell. We did a deep dive into the arrival of Brett Favre, the whole regular season, the magic carpet ride. The, the NFC Championship game itself, and then some other cool snippets of, like, people who covered that team, Chip Scoggins, uh, Judd. And one of the stories that was told was Sage Rosenfels and Brett Favre in a film room on Thursday afternoon before the NFC Championship game in 2009. 
Now, obviously, the Vikings lost that game, but they badly outplayed the Saints. If they hadn't turned the ball over five times, the Vikings worked the Saints in that game, offensively especially. They racked up, like, almost 500 yards of total offense. And Sage Rosenfels, backup quarterback, who was never going to get on the field, and if he did, the Vikings wouldn't have won 12 games that season, and he would tell you that, too. We love Sage. He would tell you that, too. He sat with Brett Favre in a film room on that Thursday, and they unlocked the Saints' defense. They had already been installing plays. They unlocked the Saints' defense based on a linebacker key, and he'll flush this out on the podcast. And it occurred to me, because he told us this story in the middle of the Kyle Slaughter debate, it occurred to me, your backup quarterback, we always focus on, well, the backup quarterback, you got to be able to, if you got to put him in a game, he's got to be able to take over for your starter. No. like it's not if you, his primary job. If, if your starter gets hurt, your season's pretty much over unless you get lucky and have 2017 Case Keenum, which doesn't happen very often, right? Your backup quarterback's jobs are to help your starter find something in the film room, prep better, practice better, right? You're basically a glorified assistant That's coach. That's why so many of those guys go on to be offensive coordinators yes. and head coaches. So if you think, if the Vikings think Sean Mannion is a better asset in the film room and in the meeting room to Kirk Cousins than Kyle Sloter, then that's the right decision. And, and plus, you, your backup quarterback is not, if he has to play like 10 games, you're in trouble. But I think the going theory correctly so is if, if he has to play in two games, is he going to embarrass himself? And the problem, and I know that, I know that fans didn't see this, the problem is watching Sloter in practice the team came to the conclusion that if we put him in a real game, not, not the game. fourth quarter, but like a real like regular season game, let's say second quarter, game three, he would embarrass the team. And Mannion might not be great, but he won't embarrass himself. And I think that's the line. And, and if we see a guy play in preseason game two, the fourth quarter, and, and he does great, it means nothing. Like the team doesn't look at that and say, that's real. The team's like, okay, can this guy handle the pressures that he's going to see? Can he do this and that? And the answer ordinarily is no. So, so that's why Mannion, I think the Vikings feel, if he had to play like two games, wouldn't, he might not win them, but he wouldn't embarrass himself completely. And the fear with Sloter in practice was he would embarrass the team. Yeah. So, so yeah. When Judd said that Sloter said he'd have something to say based on whatever yeah, shook out in the final 53-man round, I went to his Twitter page. He's been outspoken on Twitter in the past. And uh, he didn't really say anything, no thanking the Vikings or... <laughs> I'll show you. Nothing like that. Nothing really about the roster move. But I did find, and I don't know if this explains the Kyle Sloter popularity. Has he been a regular guest on Barstool Sports on the uh, Pardon My Take podcast? I have no idea. Because the host of Pardon My Take, PFT commenter, he, after the interview on Barstool Sports, tweeted out, I'm a, officially a Kyle Sloter guy, best preseason QB of all time. No exceptions. 6'5", checks all the boxes. And I know Barstool has a large and passionate following. Yeah, that's the most listened to podcast, I think, in the in the sports rankings. So maybe, Next to Mackie and Judd with Ron. I don't know if he has been a regular on that show. If he has, that might explain a passionate following for the dude. But another interesting thing I found at uh, Kyle Sloter's Twitter handle, and you can follow him at Kyle Sloter, he has his own T-shirt. Yeah. Kyle Sloter, the third-string quarterback? Yes, he does. Actually, not even yeah, third-string quarterback anymore. Players warm. Is it, do you have it there? Yes. It's Slaughterhouse, right? Slaughterhouse, Slaughterhouse. With, with the Waffle House thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. Now, Phil, did you see the price when you just glanced at my screen? I did not. Why don't you two guys take a wild guess at how much a T-shirt for a practice squad quarterback is going for on the World Wide Webs these days? I'm going to go $30. Is, there like a, is it like a comedic price? Uh, 
To me, it was. Is it sixty nine dollars? Thirty two dollars. Okay, hey! thirty two dollars for a Sloterhouse t shirt. If you go to Kyle Sloter NFL welcome to the Sloterhouse. Thirty two dollars. Oh, they're nice. I'm Man. sure. No, they're not even that nice. I thought maybe there was some charity angle. I just scrolled through the whole website. I don't see anything about proceeds going to charity. Well, maybe it'll help fund his professional endeavors Who's after spending the 30, Cardinals I need him. to know how many of these were sold. Who's spending $32? I think a lot of people. For a brand t-shirt of I the can third tell you, string they're all, they're all on Twitter. squad quarterback. They're on Twitter, Rami. That's amazing. <laughs> and they're still Kyle Sloter fans. We still have time before the fried food challenge for Judd to oh, just, open up a vein all over the table about the Vikings wasting of a fifth round draft. I just don't understand. I don't, I, I'll never understand the whole Corey Vedvik very brief and I guess costly because it, it's a fifth round pick, which yeah. according to the Vikings is a, a very important pick, ends with, with him being cut on Saturday. Now, I think their assumption was he was so bad as a Viking that, that he might have uh, gotten through the waiver process and then just been re-signed to the team's practice squad, which clearly did not happen because teams are so desperate for kickers and, I guess, punters that the Jets claimed him. But, like, they ended up just fine. Okay, you clearly didn't think that Matt Wilde was a great punter, and I guess the bigger indictment was he couldn't really hold, which is a big deal. I get that. Like, we can all laugh about it, but if the guy can't hold... But then I have so many questions. So Wilde gets cut. They bring in the Colquitt kid who just got, or, or not kid, he's 30-something, who just got cut by Cleveland. Yeah. And now you've got Bailey as, as your kicker. He's around, I think, 32 or so. So I'm fine with two veteran guys who, if Zimmer goes crazy and starts to scream and yell, they're going to be like, okay, too bad he's screaming and yelling. Uh, but here's, there's a multitude of things I don't get. And here's my first one. All right. Last year you drafted Daniel Carlson fifth round, right? And it was tenuous during training camp. You got to the week two game at Lambeau. It went completely sideways, and he gets cut. But if you guys recall, Matt Weil was uh, claimed off waivers around this time last year by the Vikings. Mm -hmm. And Ryan Quigley, who was their veteran punter and slash holder, was cut. And now we're saying that Weil couldn't really hold well. But you you had a rookie kicker who you had just brought in who already was beginning to struggle and clearly was a mental mess, partially because of his head coach. And you got him a bad holder. So now you're basically saying, yeah, he couldn't hold. So if this is a big deal, why'd you do that? Like, what were you doing? You won. Understand this. Before you say, that's last year, Jordan, who cares now? You were that half a win in Green Bay away from a playoff berth. All right? So if Daniel Carlson, let's say he got bad holds on, I, I think he missed three field goals in Green Bay that day. Yeah. Let's say he got a really bad hold on one, and he makes that. You win that game, you're in the playoffs. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm so confused by what this team does with its kickers and punters and why they do it. And, and, and you just gave up a fifth-round pick for a kid who got here and was really good until he got here and then just completely blew up. And I don't understand any of it. Why are you doing this to yourselves? Can someone get Judd a beer? I need a... Yeah, sir, can... Yeah, he's got, actually, 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 we're we're going to need both those. All three of those, actually. Why are you doing this to yourself? Why did you get a bad holder? Why? Wait a second. I love how, like... I know that holding is the least appreciated job in all of professional sports because the only time anyone ever praises you, well, really, the only time ever anyone ever notices you is if you screw up, right? Correct. Like, no one's ever watching TV and saying, oh, slow that down and run it back. See that hold Did right you there? see that hold? Robo that was the ball. amazing, yeah. Did Jeff Locke yeah. flip the ball? But, but, flip the scene. And I realize I'm setting myself up for an athlete challenge here. How hard can it really be if you're a professional punter oh, now we who's do this. played football? Now we got to do this. Who's played football his whole life? 
Like, is it really that hard if you're a professional punter who basically does two things all day at practice? Yeah. Clearly, Hunt and hold. Clearly the answer is yes. They basically <laughs> cut this guy because I mean, Colquitt got, got here and said, I guarantee you that, that I'm going to be better at that job than BB is, and yeah. I'm really good. So they told him that they just didn't like the guys who were trying to hold in training camp. This is going to come back on me, isn't it? I really I'm, want I'm, to see I'm, this I'm going to have to be holding We're already now. working on scheduling this. Okay. I, I, think really take, want to see I think taking the snap is probably going to be way harder. That's we got to find somebody who can really long snap because that thing is coming in fast, hot. dude. That thing is coming in hot yeah. and spinning. Yeah, you got to catch it, put it down, laces out. Magic hands, Mackie. It's going to stub One your One of these outte- cool. outtakes better be the ball hitting Mackie in the face. <laughs> it, honest, a, it honestly might be, it might be Danny. Danny who played college football, he might be able to snap to you. I don't know. Hey, but Danny has bad shoulders. I don't oh. want Danny. Danny's going like, to pop both shoulders I out was, of the You know who I bet can snap? I bet Alex Boone can. Probably. I was backup long snapper in high school. And, oh, uh, really? Uh, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I might. Well, you've be, got long snap experience. I might be able to still do it, but not, not, like, a, not like a professional could do okay. it. I want that thing to come sizzling in there. <laughs> I bet Alex Boone could do it. Alex Boone could probably do it. All right, we'll make it happen. Uh, Rami's final fried food challenge of the Minnesota State Fair when we come back here. Are you ready for seven. this? I'm four for seven so far. This is to so, finish above 500. Yeah. Yeah. Pressure? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, the pressure is on. So we'll come back with that after we talk about the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities. Luther Brookdale Toyota is on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. And the brand new selection of vehicles out there is something you got to see. You can get in. There's some 2020 models on the lot right now. Whether it's the 19s or the 20s, go check out the safety features and the technology. And it's amazing. I mean, every single iteration of Toyota's, the upgrades are incredible. I've been telling you about this RAV4 that I've been driving now for about three or four months. And we are on the way back from a trip to Wisconsin probably a month and a half ago now. And I started tinkering around with cruise control for the first time. And it's just such a... To me, it just kind of blows my mind that when when you push two buttons... Your car basically drives itself with these Toyotas. Now, they're smart enough to know that it shouldn't actually drive itself yet. We're not quite set up that way from an infrastructure standpoint, but in terms of sensing how far away it is from vehicles in front of you and on either side and uh, having uh, a sense for whether you're weaving back and forth over lines, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll prevent you from getting into some sticky situations, almost any of these Toyotas. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard if you want the best combination of service, expertise, and also uh, some of the best vehicles in the world. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. The Rami Fried Food Challenge continues when we come back next. 549 here at Score North, just in anticipation for our final segment of Mackie and Judd, in Ram- Mackie and Judd with Rami from the State Fair. This is your Score North download. If you missed any of our shows, you can podcast them at podcast1scorenorth.com, our free Score North mobile app. If you want any of our T-shirts, we are our merchandise booth is still open till around 8 o'clock tonight. Our booth is off Chambers Street on the left edge of the grandstand. You can show us your Score North mobile app at our merchandise booth, and you'll receive a $5 T-shirt. Also, we're donating all proceeds from the All Arise T-shirts to Luis Arise's favorite charity, the Ronald McDonald House. Again, that's at our merchandise booth, open till about 8 o'clock tonight here off Chamber Street on the left edge of the grandstand. That's been your Score North download. Now back to the final segment today of Mackie and Joe Rami. Thank you, Jonathan Harrison. This is it, the final segment from the Minnesota State Fair and the final Rami Fried Food Challenge. I'm ready to go. From your first Minnesota State I'm Fair. I'm so ready to go. Uh, Jonathan, let's, uh, let's get right to it here because we only have a few minutes left. 
you are four for seven in correctly predicting these yes. fried, random fried foods that we've been serving to you. Yes, I am. Uh, the last one you struggled with. You enjoyed it. You enjoyed the the, the it Reuben bites. Good. It was very good. Yeah, that was the first time that I think we didn't even get a guess from you, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I, think I thought you right. had a solid guess for the rest of them. All here, right, yeah. here, Jonathan. I'll move over this way. Actually, I can I can be the one that I haven't right. fed Rami a, a, a food item yet. Yeah, we've all done it. Now it's yeah. your turn. So I'll, I'll feed him this what one. The heck? It's only fair that you should get a turn. I, I would ask if you would want sauce really with this, but Judd already ate all of the Thousand Island dressing. <laughs> Judd ate a full packet of Thousand Island dressing. He ate the today. cup of ranch My heart's pounding, and I don't know why. <laughs> all right. By the way, that's not the first time I feel like you've either like done a shot of Thousand Island or down to packet. You did that very calmly and oh, without hesitation. Like, with, with experience. Oh, that yeah. wasn't hard. That was. But like, you've done that before. Oh, I'm sure I have. Okay. <laughs> Probably drunk, but I'm sure I've done it he before. He says it like, who hasn't? Who yeah, hasn't I'm just sure drank Thousand Island dressing? I'm not, I'm not impressed by it. Let me put it that way. It's not like I took a bottle. Okay. I knew exactly what was would in the you, packet. Would you do a bottle of Thousand Island? No, it would be too much. Okay. But if, I drink from a bottle. If given a four-ounce <laughs> small glass of Thousand Island dressing or, or a grapefruit White Claw, which one are you, which one are you taking down? Can I have some like French fries by by my side? Because I do the dressing and then stuff the <laughs> stuff the fries in my mouth. Actually, about, dipping dipping fries in grapefruit white claw might be a good how idea. How about a Thousand Island white claw? <laughs> now you just lost me. Apparently, was it you that that, that there, we're going to have a pumpkin spice there white claw? There is going now? to be a pumpkin what? spice white claw. Why do you look so disgusted, Phil? That, Listen, I'm that's the least surprising thing ever. I am living and owning the claw life. Pumpkin spice but, claw. I. I don't think we need it. If you're living that life, you have to at least try it. I live and own both the the claw life and the pumpkin spice life. Like, I'm all about pumpkin spice lattes, man, and there is no shame in my game whatsoever. Um, But I don't know if if that's a good combo. Mixing those two together, that's that's a bad combo, I think. I'm not surprised, Mm. and I'm not disappointed. I'll find out, but I think that's a bad combo. Okay. Are you ready for this? I was born ready, Phil Mackey. All right. Um, You might want to move your mic for this one. All right. That is really interesting. All right. I don't like that. All right, this is this is Rami's <laughs> final fried food challenge uh-huh. of the Minnesota State Fair. Uh-huh. The looks on the faces of people. Uh-huh. You're getting some encouragement from the crowd here. All right, are you ready? Pause. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, you'll just have to kind of. Oh, there you go. Wow. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh. A... oh. 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 <laughs> Maclov, 39, comma. <laughs> Died in a State Fair stunt. All right, what are you what are you experiencing here, and what just squirted all over the place? I, I don't know, but you did a bad job of feeding him. At least yeah. I didn't have anything squirt. <laughs> oh goodness, these are all drops. All I right, believe perfect. that is the um, the pickle stuffed with the bratwurst. What's and that? Yeah. Where'd it go, Rami? Yeah. It's pretty good. And you know what? Uh, let's give him a big round of applause. Huh? How about that? I was looking forward to that. Dude, look how big this stick is. <laughs> I thought that would be it's good. It's like an industrial size no? stick. It's like a hockey stick. Not good? You not a fan? That is not that good. You want wow. another bite? I thought that would it's be good. That was new, not that good. It's voted like the winner of the new Maybe. state food. Or state fair food. Judd, you want to get in on this? Maybe with some oh, mustard. Oh. I think that would be much better with some mustard. I'd like to cut it up and not eat the part that Rami just put I in I think mustard mouth. would be really good on that. Okay. Yeah, you should have brought me some mustard with that. But I got it. I yeah. got it. Uh, we Judd. did. Judd actually ate that packet, too. Yeah. Was there pickle he didn't even. He just ate the I'm whole not packet mustard while I took guy. that bite. Yeah, all yeah. over me. <laughs> 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 it shot out to your right. What, what was that that was shooting? 
Uh, that's the, it's the pickle juice. Oh, it looks like a yeah. chocolate. But this is this right sort. here you is this is a state fair food item that has jumped the shark. Everything looks like a corn dog. It's a hollowed out pickle and a bratwurst all on a stick. I here. think back like, what I said. The aftertaste. Not bad. Solid. Yeah, now I'm enjoying it. Here you go. I'll take another bite. Get Thank in you. there. All right. Thank Good boy. Uh-huh. Give me some of that. All right. <laughs> pass that, pass <laughs> it over here, huh? so gross. There you go. Now you can take a bite. Oh, my God. That was coming yeah, all apart. Go. Yeah, that's disgusting. Oh, okay. That is really gross. Go. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All righty, then. All right, you guys. That's how you wrap up. Finish it up. That, that's how you do it right yeah. there. That's uh, that's all you need to know right Real there. Real gross. Yep, we are uh, we are Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Yeah, Ross, you came out to survey the damage. We appreciate that. And uh, still better with mustard, but that's pretty good. I like it. Let's maybe the three of us go grab some from the Coliseum and Let's then we can hit the hit the shuttle home. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you all for hanging out with us today, all of you in front of us uh, in the live audience, and White thanks to everyone to wash it down. who's been listening for twelve days. White cloth slushy to wash it down would be really good. It was good. I yeah. tried the white cloth slushy. Yeah, solid. No, you're out on the white cloth slushy, sir. Living the beer life. Okay. There's room, by the way, there's room for beer and White Claw yeah, in one life. you have to choose. This okay. isn't a war. Yeah. I, I feel like it's headed that direction, though. <laughs> we all thought that, like, the next the next Civil War or World War would be, like, religion-based or politics-based. No, it's Claw no, and beer. It's Claw versus beer. It's Claw and beer. Yeah. yeah. White Claws. And then you might have little regions of White Claw people, too, like mango over here, grapefruit over there. It's going to get ugly. I'm not so. fighting in that war. No, I like no. both. I'm not taking sides. I like beer and the claw. Yeah. So, uh, Rami, nice job. You finished five out of eight five in your eight. fried food Thank challenge you, at the State I Fair. It. That's delicious. That's really good. That's pretty good. Awesome. Yeah, that was really good. My at first, first taste was not great, but, yeah, mm. that's really nice. good. Uh, that's a wrap for us. You can find our podcast. It's just Mackie and Jub with Rami anywhere you find your favorite podcast, Apple, Spotify. The free-to-download Score North mobile app is also a great place to find us. And, again, if you are at the State Fair now or you're going to be at the State Fair tonight, we're giving away, uh, well, not giving away, $5 T-shirts if you show your Score North mobile app to our merchandise booth. And all of the proceeds for the All Arise T-shirts go to Luis Arise's favorite charity, the Ronald McDonald House. Enjoy ZZ Top tonight, and uh, be safe out there, Rami Makhlouf. I'll try. All right. I will try. All right. See you guys.